We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. It is officially game week for Oregon football as the Ducks get ready to face the Portland State Vikings. And we're breaking down some of our top updates from Dan Lanning on today's episode of the Ducks Dish Podcast. And we're back like we never left. Oregon fans, what's going on? How we living? Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of the Ducks Dish Podcast, your premier podcast for all things Oregon football and recruiting. Just in case you're new here, welcome to the show. I'm your host, Max Torres, publisher and lead editor of Ducks Digest, covering the Oregon Ducks over on Fan Nation, part of the Sports Illustrated Network. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of The Oregon Rundown, where I kind of just kind of grab some of the top headlines or just miscellaneous Oregon things that I want to talk about. But now that we have the season kicking off in just four days, we have plenty to talk about as the Ducks get ready to kick off the 2023 season against the Portland State Vikings at home in Eugene at Autzen Stadium. Kickoff set for just after noon. 12.07 Pacific uh, on Pac-12 Network, in case you're not going to be able to make it out to Autzen Stadium for the game. So what are we going to dive into in today's episode? We're going to be talking about the latest updates that we got from head coach Dan Lanning, who met with reporters on Monday evening, um, just about 7 o'clock. So um, we're going to talk about what we were able to kind of glean from that press conference, Dan Lanning's game week press conference. And uh, I'll give you guys some quotes and then also kind of give you my two cents on what I think about all the updates and what Dan had to say. So with that being said, let's get into our first item. I think one of the most important items in any given game week and in any given game is the health of the team. So how healthy is Oregon? heading into week one. Well, we have a couple of names that we have been monitoring as the Ducks get ready to kick off the season. And uh, two offensive linemen will kick us off. Uh, Jackson Powers Johnson and Nishad Struther. They have both missed some time be uh, in fall camp here over the past week or so. Um, can't remember the exact amount, but they have both missed some time. So heading into game week, both of those guys project to be part of Oregon's offensive line rotation, whether that's seven or, or eight deep. 
But Lanning was asked whether or not Nashad Strother and Jackson Powers Johnson will be able to go this week. And he said, quote, yeah, I think so. Nashad will be a question. JPJ was practicing with us today. He's doing great. So Lanning doesn't love to go super in-depth when it comes to injury news. I don't really think any head coach out there does, but it's something to work with. It's something to go on. So looks like Jackson Powers Johnson is on track to return in week one against Portland State, and that's notable because he is viewed by many, myself included, as Oregon's primary option to take over at center, a job that was held down the past couple years by veteran Alex Forsyth, who is obviously no longer with the team after exhausting his eligibility last year. So if Jackson Powers Johnson is able to come back, uh, which it looks like he's going to be able to, we don't know what capacity he's going to be playing in just yet. Lanning didn't, uh, didn't go into detail on that one, but if he is able to play, which it looks like he's going to, We'll see him out there uh, probably taking uh, snapping to Bo Nix in, in week one. So super important for him in particular because center is one of the most important positions along the offensive line, kind of the quarterback or the general uh, of the offensive line. And Jackson Powers Johnson has really been a valuable asset to the Oregon offensive line, even if he hasn't played a whole heck of a lot um, over the past couple of years, at least certainly in 2022, that was a veteran group. So he was in the rotation, but he he didn't really start a whole heck of a lot. But for a guy who's really played all over the offensive line, you're talking both guard spots, has some experience at center. Uh, I think it's going to be a great opportunity for him this year to probably hone in uh, on the center position and just start to develop that chemistry and, and build that bond with quarterback Bo Nix. Marcus Harper II is also a guy who has been in the mix for that center position. Um but he did get banged up in the spring. Um, so actually, was it the spring? I think it was the spring he got banged up. Uh, either way, he had to miss some time between spring ball and now. So uh, maybe one could think that that gave the edge to Jackson Powers Johnson in this competition. As for Struther, um, I talked about this on yesterday's episode of the pod with Spencer McLaughlin. Go check that one out. Give it a watch. Give it a listen if you haven't already. Nishad Struther was seen pictured in a sling uh, during a uh, team gathering over the weekend. So that obviously kind of caught our attention. So the fact that uh, he is a little bit of a question um, makes it look like it's a little bit more uncertain whether or not he's going to be able to go. He's been helping out on uh, the offensive line on the interior, primarily at right guard uh, is what I've been able to gather from listening to press conferences and whatnot. Six foot two, 320 pounds. This is a guy who had played a lot of ball at East Carolina before transferring over to Oregon. So as far as both of these guys go, I think it's probably more important. Most people would agree that Jackson Powers Johnson is able to go just as far as building that relationship with Bo Nix and kind of getting comfortable at that center spot. Not a huge game against Portland State, obviously, so not really a not really super valuable reps if you're just talking about the quality of the opponent, but certainly important uh, for what's going to come later on down the line in this season. And then we'll see if Struthers able to give it a go. Um, sounds like he's questionable, um, but I don't think that you really want to push either of these guys in week one against an FCS big sky opponent. So a little bit of injury news along the offensive line to kick us off. Um, and then Lanning was also asked about linebacker Justin Jacobs, who transferred over from Iowa, and then defensive back Kamari Terrell, if those two guys are going to be able to go. 
and his response, quote, yeah, I think we should have our guys available. Right now, we're still waiting to see what it looks like as we get closer. We have some guys that still have to get healthy. So that was a more interesting response because it didn't seem like he was focusing too specifically on those two guys on their defense. But as for Jacobs, I think he's going to be a big part of what this linebacker room looks like. And we'll probably see him starting at some point, if not against um, Portland State, alongside Jeffrey Bossa, uh, a junior linebacker that used to play safety. And speaking of linebackers and Jeffrey Bossa, he had uh, some interesting stuff to say at today's presser. You can find all of today's pressers uh, on my YouTube channel, at Oregon Football Max Taurus, if you want to hear the latest updates from the guys coming out of Eugene. But Bossa was asked, what gives him confidence or why is he confident in this Oregon team heading into next year? And he said that it's really in his in the preparation uh, of the team. And I think that's great to hear because in any situation, any great team, you want to be creating practice situations, a practice environment that is putting you under more stress, more duress than a game week. Um, and I think that's certainly what Oregon's created this week. Um, I can probably confidently say that just because of their week one opponent. But if you're able to do that, you can hone in on those details, the little things, doing the little things, making the little things, the big things. I think that really sets you up for success as a team, uh, wherever, whatever conference you're playing and wherever you're playing in the country. So that was a, an interesting little tidbit from Jeffrey Bossa. So we'll see if, if Justin Jacobs is able to go. It looks like it's probably leaning towards that. He did get banged up last year and and that injury forced him to miss a lot of the season uh, with the Hawkeyes. As for Kamari Terrell, he's a guy who has really been um, talked about for his versatility uh, in that secondary, probably working more so with with uh, Joe Lorig and Chris Hampton. Uh, I think as a you know a star safety kind of a deal in the nickel spot, uh, speedy DB that the Ducks signed out of the state of Texas, uh, and he's a long guy, six foot two. So he didn't play um, a whole lot in like big situations last year. I think he kind of had most of his role on special teams, but that's a guy that I think could make an impact for this defense and for the secondary in 2023, as we still don't really know what this secondary looks like. That's one of the things that I'm most interested to see with Oregon as we head into the 2023 season and, and what this defense is ultimately going to look like. Is Kamari Terrell one of those guys that's going to help this secondary solidify themselves as one of the better units on this defense and then maybe even one of the better defensive groups uh, in the entire Pac-12. So Kamari Terrell, we'll see if he's able to go for the Ducks on Saturday. Another topic of conversation from Monday's press conference, just kind of setting the stage for the matchup against Portland State. The vibe was really more so just, you know, he was asked, Lanning was asked about what he wants to see aside from just getting a win, which I think a lot of people are kind of writing off as a foregone conclusion, but you never know. Oregon State, Oregon and, and Portland State haven't played in five years. They last played in 2018, a game that the Ducks won 62-14. to 14. So not a team that many, certainly Oregon, I would think, are, are going to give them a whole lot of a challenge, but their quarterback is a, a versatile guy that um, – has drawn a lot of praise from Oregon this week in the press conferences leading up to this matchup. But back to, back to the point, Lanning was asked what he wants to see from his team aside from just getting the win. And he was talking about how the game of college football is still about two things about takeaways and explosives. So he wants to see this defense generate takeaways 
and he wants to see the offense generate explosive plays. And I think on on a, a pretty straightforward level, that's exactly what you would want to see, especially against a team like Portland State. Let's start with the defense. I don't think that there's both sides of the ball. The Portland State clearly is overmatched against Oregon. So I think from the defense, you want to be able to see them taking a step in that direction of being a defense that's going to be feared. Oregon could generate a bunch of turnovers this weekend against Portland State, and it wouldn't necessarily mean a whole lot when you look at some of the other teams that they're going to be playing down the line. But I think just for this defense with the way that last year unfolded with how they left a lot to be desired, you just want to see that they have that fire. You want to see guys flying around, flying to the ball, playing with physicality, playing with heart, playing with emotion. But obviously with that emotion, you got to be honed in, play crisp, don't commit a lot of penalties, uh, unforced errors, don't give them easy wins, whether that's in a one-on-one rep or just situationally doing them any favors. I think this defense with the, the pieces that they've added, especially from the transfer portal, talking about guys like Jordan Birch, that should be able to really help them. Uh, harass the Portland State quarterback and, and just give him a hard time. And then with that pressure comes some relief and hopefully some help for Oregon secondary. So if you can if you can get some hits on the quarterback and create a little bit of havoc in the backfield there, that's going to make it easier for the DBs because they don't have to uh, hold their assignments as long and they can kind of play more freely and uh, just be playmakers. So I think if you're an Oregon fan, you probably would rather see some interceptions versus fumbles. Uh, But either way, I think you'll definitely take that. Um, Maybe we see one of these new DBs uh, get a takeaway, whether that's Evan Williams, who's following in his younger, his older brother's footsteps um, with Bennett Williams playing at Oregon over the past couple of years. Or maybe it's Kyrie Jackson, the Alabama cornerback transfer, Nico Reed, the Colorado cornerback transfer, I think that there's a lot of opportunities. There should be a lot of opportunities for Oregon's defense to do just what Dan Lenny wants here on Saturday in week one and generate some turnovers. How about the offense? This is our first look, I guess, our first real look at uh, Will Stein's offense if you don't count the spring game. But uh, you want to see explosive plays. And, man, if you look at this roster, there are plenty of players that are capable of generating explosive plays for Will Stein and the Ducks here in week one. Um, I think that Troy Franklin's obviously the guy that has so many people excited when it comes to the wide receiver position. Um, Jurion Dickey, the true freshman, how much are we going to see of him? Tez Johnson really caught people's attention uh, at Autzen Stadium in the spring game when he had his explosive, I want to say it was 60 or 70-odd yard catch and run, just turning on the burners and making a beeline for the end zone. Love his playmaking ability, and I think he's obviously going to have a big role. Gary Bryant Jr. is a guy that I think kind of flew under the radar so far uh, in fall camp for the Ducks, and um, some of the people that I've talked to around the program in Eugene uh, are really hyping him up and um, really think that he's kind of penciled in a spot in that starting lineup, but we don't know what the starting lineup looks like because unlike a lot of teams in college football, Oregon chose to release a depth chart or sorry, a roster by position, not a depth chart. Let's slow down, Max. Let's slow down. Sometimes I just put this pressure on myself for some reason with podcasting to always be talking and always filling that space, but hang in there with me. There's a lot of guys that can make big plays on this offense. We talked about some of the receivers. Trayshawn Holden, the Alabama transfer, is another one that that catches some attention. 
Chris Hudson. How about Chris Hudson? I think he maybe is getting a little bit lost in the shuffle, lost in the mix here. When you look at all the pieces that they brought in from the transfer portal, when you have a freshman like Jerion Dickey, who is generating as much hype as he is, uh, I think Chris Hudson's going to enter this season with a chip on his shoulder, as cliche as that sounds, saying, hey, I've been here. I've been here at Oregon, and I've, I've made some pretty darn good plays for this team. So don't forget about me. I think that's kind of, if I'm Chris Hudson, that's the kind of statement that I want my play to make on the field when I get the opportunity to touch the ball. And then in the running back room, in the backfield, you got Bucky Irving and Noah Whittington. Bucky Irving has NFL written all over him. I think Noah Whittington is certainly capable of getting further into that discussion. How does he look in week one against Portland State after adding, uh, I want to say, at least 10 pounds of muscle to his five foot eight, five foot nine frame? this off season. And then how much of these young guys do we get to see, whether it be Jordan James or some of the true freshmen, Dante Dowdell, big bruising back out of Mississippi or Jaden Lamar, uh, who, who kind of maybe is going to be developed in a little bit of that Travis die mold, uh, a little bit of a do it all shifty back that uh, was playing that Oregon a couple seasons ago. So I think Oregon's definitely going to generate plenty of explosive plays. They're going to outmatch this Portland state defense certainly physically, I think in the trenches. And, and now we're seeing this trend of certainly some, some really big wide receivers, whether that be Jerry on Dickey or Treshawn Holden and Troy Franklin's not exactly a twig anymore. He was a twig when he got to Oregon. And I think now he's, he's closing in on 190 pounds. I want to say he was at 187, um, but I'm going to have to fact check that one. So that was the, the second item that we wanted to hit on in, in terms of what Dan Lanning wants to see from his team week one, against Portland State. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. 
No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Another question that I think we're hopefully going to get some kind of an answer uh, on this Saturday is where does Kyrie Jackson stack up in the secondary? How, how does he help Oregon answer this question of, well, we just had a first round corner and Christian Gonzalez. Now what? You can't really replace a guy like Christian Gonzalez. Just that unique blend of size and speed, playmaking ability, football IQ, feel for the game. He was such a great player for that defense and in that cornerback room under Demetrius Martin. So maybe you can't replace him in one off season, but you can try to find guys that fit that skill set. And I think Kyrie Jackson is one of those guys, six foot three, 195 pounds. He's played a lot of football, comes over from Alabama. And Lanning was asked about just kind of, what is it? Let's see. What was the, the question? It was, uh, what has Kyrie Jackson shown this month to be a high rep guy this season? And Lanning said, quote, I think Kyrie has, has speed. He has length. He has things to look for as a coach. And it translates. It translates on the field. He plays the ball. Just very savvy. So it's a guy that had experience, too. It wasn't like getting here. He hasn't played football. He's been playing football. But there's certainly an opportunity for him this year. So Kyrie Jackson, anytime you get a guy from Alabama, I think that there's a lot of expectations and a lot of pressure that is put on you. And a lot of these guys have been asked about pressure, especially along the offensive line with with so many veterans departing. And I don't think any of them have really been feeling the pressure. Not that anyone's going to say, oh, yeah, I'm feeling the pressure. But I just like the mindset that this team has. They're, they're not really putting pressure on themselves to, to be a Christian Gonzalez or to be an Alex Forsyth from a season ago. I think they just want to look at that standard that those guys have set and then think to themselves, what can I do to meet that standard? How can I push myself? How can I push my teammates, the guys in my room, towards that standard? And I think Kyrie Jackson is, is a guy that can do that because he's experienced. Uh, he should be a leader in this room. And then we also can talk about Nico Reed, the Colorado DB transfer, um, who's also working a little bit at star in that nickel spot for the Ducks um, in that secondary. So is he going to be playing more corner? Is he going to be playing more nickel? I think Nico Reed is definitely a guy that you should see squarely in the mix and, and very heavily involved in Oregon's cornerback room this year as they still look to kind of shuffle some of those pieces, see how the old guys mesh with some of the new guys. We're talking about Dante Manning, Triquez Bridges, guys that have been there for a while at that cornerback spot. I think Oregon really, really needs someone to, to solidify themselves and to separate themselves as the guy now that Christian Gonzalez is gone. They don't need another Christian Gonzalez. They just need an alpha in that room at that cornerback spot. Maybe it's Kyrie Jackson. Maybe it's Nico Reed. Maybe it's Dante Manning or Triquez Bridges. We'll have to see how the play on the field dictates how we answer that question. Lanning was also asked about just how much of this, uh, this, this offense we're really going to see. Um, he was asked, quote, do you feel like this early in the season, you guys are able to go deep into your offensive playbook? And this was an interesting question because we didn't see too much of the Willstein offense in the spring game, like I said. So this is our next opportunity to see that. 
So let's 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 see what Landing had to say. Quote, really what fall camp's about is building that library of plays, right? Offensively and defensively. And then you want to be able to pull from that library whenever you get into a game. So you don't necessarily carry every single play into each game, but you've got the library that you've already kind of attacked. So for us, I feel like we have all of our tools in front of us that we can use. So that wasn't really a yes or no answer, but I can try to read between the lines a little bit. My answer is absolutely not. You don't want to unload everything in your playbook. You don't want to be pulling out the trickery, all the exotic looks and everything. You just don't want to do that in week one when you have an opponent like Portland State. And a lot of the reasoning behind that is because of who you have next week when the Ducks have to go on the road into the Lone Star State to play Tyler Shuck and the Texas Tech Red Raiders. I think you're definitely going to see Will Stein uh, and the rest of this offensive staff kind of hold some of those some of those uh, you know tricks up their sleeve or maybe that next dimension of the Oregon offense um, and, until week two when the Ducks have to travel and hit the road uh, to Lubbock. So I think you want to see Oregon kind of, at the very least, just get comfortable with their bread and butter. What are those plays that they can turn to when they need a first down, when they need a quick five yards, or maybe they're just able to run it until Portland State can do something. Like I said, you guys, this is not a team that should be able to hang with Oregon, and there's no disrespect to Portland State by any means. We just all know what this is. This is a preseason top 15 squad in Oregon. They have Pac-12 championship aspirations. They want to get back to the playoff. They were even projected to go back to the playoff by uh, Josh Pate of over on 247, host of the Late Kick podcast. Um, he has Oregon as one of his uh, four teams in the playoffs. So maybe we'll have to talk about that a little bit on a, on another episode. But for Oregon to get to that point, you just really need a dominant effort, a dominant performance week one uh, against Portland State. So maybe we'll have a couple of drives where Will Stein says, hey, let's just uh, let's just hand it to the running backs and tell the offensive line to kind of pin their ears back and just, hey, we're going to run it until you show us you can stop it. Like if they can have a, a drive like that one against Washington that they should have scored on, but then they didn't where they were just running the ball and, and moving the ball. I think that's what you want to see. You want to just give that offensive line some confidence and show that you trust them and that you can turn to them. We still don't know. And we still might not know what that fully solidified starting five looks like. After this game, I talked about Jackson Powers Johnson, and, and he's looking like he's probably going to be good to go. But you just don't want to push any of these guys to play more snaps than you really need them to. You want to get that cohesion. You want to be able to get that confidence in your group. But you don't want to do that at the expense of having a healthy offensive line for week two against Texas Tech. But this offensive line group for Oregon is is really, really talented. We don't know what it looks like just yet, but I think it's got all the potential in the world, honestly, to, to match what the Ducks had last year. I'm not saying it's likely, definitely not what I'm saying, but I am saying that I think I have a lot of confidence in Elite Terry just because he is a bright football mind. He's been at some great spots, and he has Mike Cavanaugh, one of the, more, one of the most experienced guys uh, at the position of offensive line, coached at Oregon State, coached at Nebraska, right? He has him helping show him the way. So I think that combination of, of their experience and the talent that they have coming back in that room and then the talent that they injected into that room really, really raises both the floor and the ceiling, I think, 
for Oregon's offensive line heading into 2023, a group that is probably your biggest question mark. Actually, let me walk that back. That's not the biggest question mark on Oregon's offense. It's definitely tight end. What do the Ducks have outside of Terrence Ferguson and Patrick Herbert? What can Patrick Herbert do after getting his first full season uh, with the Ducks in the books last year? Terrence Ferguson got banged up in the spring. Now he's back as Oregon's playmaking tight end here in, in 2023. So case in point, I wouldn't expect Oregon to unload the playbook, but you know, have some plays that are exciting for these fans to, to watch, get that bread and butter going, get in a rhythm, be confident in your offensive line, and uh, just play a, play a clean game. You don't want a lot of unforced errors, false starts, uh, illegal procedure, illegal formation, you know, whatever it is, you don't want any of that. So I don't expect to see anything too fancy from Will Stein in this Oregon offense, and they really shouldn't need it if, if they are the team that we think they are um, heading into this game. Um, another interesting rule, um, another, not rule, sorry, another interesting um, question that Lanning was asked about was um, the new clock rules that kind of debuted in week zero over the weekend. Um, the new clock rules saying uh, that you, the clock will not stop after first downs. So effectively, this makes the game just kind of move faster. And Lanning was asked, what did you make of the new clock rules from this past weekend? And he said, quote, I think it just prioritizes points per possession. Offensively, like it's not necessarily about points per game as much as it is when you get the ball, do you score and do you stop teams from scoring because there are going to be a few less snaps and games. So really what I took away from this, Dan Lanning's focused on efficiency, whether you're talking about offense or you're talking about defense. When Bo Nix and the Ducks have the ball, they want to go down with that. They have the goal to score every single drive. Every time Oregon touches the ball, they want to score. Is that a goal they can meet? It's not going to be easy, but they could do it, especially in this week's game against Portland State. Obviously going to get harder as the, uh, the season progresses and they face some of their tougher opponents, certainly Texas Tech in week two, and then maybe get a little bit easier uh, against Hawaii in week three back in Eugene. And then on defense, you got to stop the other team from scoring. It's not a complicated uh, formula. You guys don't need me to break it down for you, but really it's just about efficiency. Can you score when you have the ball, and can you prevent the other team from scoring when they have the ball? Um, I think that Oregon's defense in the past has kind of been bend, don't break. I don't think that that's exactly what it was like last year because they didn't generate as many takeaways. In my mind, I think, as they did in 2021, the Ducks would really let the other team move the ball or they wouldn't be able to stop the other team from moving the ball. And then they would get a big play out of their secondary or some kind of turnover. So it made it kind of hard to get a read on what that defense looked like. Um, but they were really good in 2022 defending the run. And I think if they can just take that next step as far as pressuring the quarterback with all the returning pieces that they have and the new guys that they have, Mateo Uyunglele is a guy that is still uh, garnering a lot of buzz, generating a lot of buzz as someone who could potentially play a lot as a true freshman. Lanning was talking about uh, him on Monday, just how he went to a really good school. He was well-coached, played at a high level, doesn't look like a freshman, six foot five, 270 pounds. I think we'll probably see a pretty good amount, pretty decent helping of Mateo Uyunglele on Saturday because this is a game where they could use him and, and just get him more uh, adjusted to that speed. But like I've talked about with some of these other big names on this team, on the other side of the ball on offense, not worth uh, running them out there in situations when you don't need them. So 
Ducks should dominate this one. I want to see them run the score up early and get some of those young guys some very, very important snaps because it's only going to get harder to get those opportunities uh, as the games unfold here in 2023. But that'll do it, I think, for me on today's episode of the Oregon Rundown Game Week versus Portland State. Appreciate you guys tuning in, however you're tuned in, whether you're listening on your podcasting platform of choice or watching here on YouTube at Oregon Football Max Torres. Do me a couple of quick favors. Hit the subscribe button, like the video, and hit that notification bell so you don't miss out on future uploads. And like I said earlier, if you guys want to see the press conferences, what the players are saying, what Dan Lanning's saying, you can find all of that on my YouTube channel as well. Um, you can follow me, important to follow me on Twitter and Instagram, at Sports. You can also follow the Ducks Digest Instagram, at Ducks Digest. We're on the road to uh, 1,000 followers over there. And you can read all of my recent writing over on ducksdigest.com. Do me a favor, share the Ducks Dish podcast with your friends, with your family, and with other Duck fans. Love seeing the support from you guys trying to ramp it up, like I said, going five days a week. So love doing this, and I love it when you like it. So thank you guys so much. And uh, until next time, thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of the Ducks Dish podcast. The headlines remind us daily. The world is a dangerous place. The elites in charge say everything's fine. Stop noticing. But you know better. And your gut knows that time is short to prepare for a world that is four missed meals away from chaos. My Patriot Supply has helped over three million families become more self-reliant and is the company Americans trust to prepare. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure their best-selling three-month emergency food kits. Each contain delicious breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Secure at least one food kit for each family member. For a limited time, save $200, plus get free shipping on all their Ready Hour three-month emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour Foods. My Patriot Supply also has solar power generators, water filtration units, biomass stoves, heirloom seeds, and critical survival gear. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com.